Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. It's Tuesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Welcome to another episode of Green Magic, Green Medicine with your host, Ms. Susan Weed. We'll be back in just a moment. Join us. Forbidden Archaeology Forgotten History Divination Magic Cryptozoology UFOs Nature Science And Spirit All this and more Right here On the Main Street Universe Radio Network here live in person she just brought her drum and her voice and played in front of a bunch of ladies who were in a a group i guess i would say and uh i was the only guy there me and kevin i think that my my former co-host but it was great to see her she was also on the show that week so it was very convenient that she was in town as part of her tour and the good news is is that that same local New Age Shop Witchy Store is reopening in a new location not too far away, just right down the street. 
So good to see them doing well and being able to sign a new lease and get a new location, and it's official now, before they were sort of shopping locations. But anyway, welcome to Green Magic Green Medicine with your hostess, Ms. Susan Weed, and I see she's in the queue, and I'm going to go ahead and bring her on. Welcome, Susan. Ah, uh, thank you. It's always such a joy to be with you. How are you this week? I am very good. I've been learning a lot. <laughs> I've been taking some digital marketing classes, so I've been learning a lot how to maybe promote Main Street Universe better and the band better and just sort of taking it on and learning these things. And, of course, they take a while to build. But I, I've been learning a lot. I've been just looking at a lot of things, and I even purchased, a, like I said, a marketing class for not too much money, and I had a whole bunch of interesting videos, and it just gets me thinking in different directions. And we have a new host, an old host coming back, Darren Bucare, who used to be on a Sunday. And he has possibly got a deal that they're working on for a television show, so I don't know. It's been going on a while. These things take a long time to evolve, and so... It's uh, We have some really interesting news coming up, and everybody on the network seems to be doing okay. Like I talk to everybody, and they're getting clients, and they're getting customers, and they're getting work, and it seems to be like uh, I feel like there's a nice time of uh, abundance perhaps uh, finally smi smiling on us after a bit of some downtime. <laughs> All right. Well, you probably remember a month or so back I talked about a workshop I was going to be doing at Roe Camp and Conference Center. And that's coming up this weekend. Oh, nice. So I've been gathering my materials for it. Yes, there's still time for people to get in on it, you know, living living well longer the, with green blessings. We're going to be <clears throat> looking at, um, well, I sat down and I put together a little questionnaire for the students in the class. It says, I want to live to be blank years old. <laughs> and this partly came up because... One of the little girls that I get to spend time with told me that she loved this necklace that she had so much that she was going to keep it for as long as she lived. And so I said to her, how long will that be? And she said, about 20 years. <laughs> now, we can just pass that off to not knowing better. But how many of us really only have a 20-year time frame? Right. How long do you want to live to be? When I am blank years old, I will be... When I am 90 years old, I will be um, in a nursing home. When I am 90 years old, I will be playing golf. When I am 90 years old, I will be hiking on a mountain. What are you going to do when you're blank years old, as old as you want to live to be? The thing I most fear about getting to be blank years old is... So that's what we're going to start with. We're going to really start by looking at what is it about aging and how do we get there. And um, then we're going to talk about the three traditions. You remember the three traditions, the scientific tradition, which measures and fixes and basically is run by fear, the heroic tradition, which balances and cleanses and is run by shame and blame. 
and the wise woman tradition, which nourishes the wholeness of the unique individual and is run by self-love and self-acceptance. So we're going to be talking about those three medicines and how those impact our ability to grow old and to feel marvelous about growing old. And then we're going to talk about the seven medicines. We're going to talk about serenity medicine and story medicine and mind medicine and lifestyle medicine and alternative medicine and pharmaceutical medicine and high-tech medicine. And I wanted to highlight for people some things that they might think about in terms of each one of these. So under serenity medicine, um, I... May under all of these, I made a list of statements, and people can choose. I do it never. I do it occasionally. I do it a number of times a week, or I do it daily. I meditate. I do yoga. I do chi kung. I do tai chi. I walk, and then I leave a blank for I. Whatever else you want to fill in: swimming, horseback riding, dancing, story, medicine. I watch TV. I do art. I read. I visit friends. I hmm. mind medicine. I feed my spirit with rituals such as grace before meals, prayers, candles, incense, elements, I blank. Lifestyle medicine, I lift weights, I sing, I have orgasms, I drink nourishing herbal infusions, I eat meat, I eat fish, I eat yogurt, I eat nuts, I eat olive oil, I eat beans, I eat mushrooms, I eat seaweed, I eat berries, I eat out. I was laughing when I was doing this last night, and I see said, what? I said, it's so funny to say, I eat berries, I eat out. It sounds like we're eating something called out. I cook. Alternative medicine, I get a massage. I visit a chiropractor, I use herbal remedies, I. Pharmaceutical medicine, I take drugs, including those prescribed by a doctor. I use essential oils, I take supplements. I like. High-tech medicine, I have a yearly physical. I have had a CT scan. I have had an MRI. I have yearly x-rays, such as dental x-rays or mammograms. And that brings me to an article that um, rekindled my interest in something that I had read about about a year ago called the Choosing Wisely Campaign. The American Board of Internal Medicine Foundation asked medical societies of all kinds, including family doctors, oncologists, cardiologists, pediatricians, everybody they can get in touch with, more than 50 different medical societies to identify unnecessary tests and treatments. This campaign is called Choosing Wisely. Now, you know... I hear a lot of things from my students, but I was not really aware of how much this had grown until I was talking with a friend of mine who's an MD, who's in practice with some other MDs. And the other MDs said to my friend, we don't think that you should practice with us anymore. And my friend said, why is that? And they said, because you aren't ordering enough tests and drugs. In order for this practice to really make the money we wanted to make, a new patient has to have a minimum billing of $10,000. 
your minimum billings are running between five and six thousand dollars. So we don't think you should practice with us. Wow. That's kind of horrifying, isn't it? It is completely horrifying. So the Choosing Wisely campaign has identified ten tests that you should probably avoid. They call it the ten tests you probably don't need. I've often said that staying away from a doctor will lengthen your life, and science has quantified that as lengthen your life by about 10 years. It's no secret. Tests are overprescribed and overused. They can be valuable, even life-saving, but they're performed too often on too many people, and they expose us to dangerous side effects, pain, radiation, unnecessary surgery, even death. The medical director at Consumer Reports says that false positive results lead to a spiral of unneeded invasive procedures, medications, and surgeries. Of course, I was talking about this in my press book over 15 years ago, suggesting that women really watch out as to what will happen. So here are the 10 tests that they say you can probably avoid. One, nuclear stress tests and other imaging tests after a heart procedure. They found that performing these tests every year, even every two years in patients without symptoms, rarely results in any change of treatment and leads to unnecessary invasive procedures and excess radiation exposure, which does not help the patient improve. Two, a yearly electrocardiogram or exercise stress test. In a survey of over 1,200 people between the ages of 40 and 60 who never had heart disease or any heart disease symptoms, they found that 39% of them had had an EKG electrocardiogram over the previous five years, and 12% said they had an exercise stress test. The problem? Someone at low risk for heart disease is 10 times more likely to get a false positive result than to find a true problem. Number three, a PSA test to screen for prostate cancer. Prostate-specific antigen, PSA, finds slow-growing cancers that don't kill men. I talk about this at length in Down There, the Wise Woman Way, Sexual and Reproductive Health for Men and Women. A recent study published in the journal Cancer found that Medicare spent $450 million a year on PSA screenings, one-third of which was for men over the age of 75. And what we're being told is that after um, the age of 69, you probably don't even need to have a PSA test at all. So if you are younger than 55 or older than 69, they're saying forget it, and even in between there, Hmm, are you really going to need it? It is quite unclear to me. Now, let's see. There appears to be a sheet of paper missing here from our list of tests, but I know where it is. Here we go. Baba. Number four, a PET scan to diagnose Alzheimer's. This is, to me, one of the most frustrating things that's happening. At this point, we really can't diagnose Alzheimer's while the person's alive. 
It's a horrible thing to say, but it's true. We diagnose Alzheimer's by looking to see what changes have gone on in the brain, and we have to cut into the brain and do that. We do to, don't do that on living people. And so in the past few years, doctors have been injecting radioactive dye into the brain and then do PET scans. However, what they find is that the thing they're looking for, um, which is beta amyloid protein, is found in up to 40% of people whose memories are just fine and do not have Alzheimer's. Mm, well, it's certainly true that there's beta amyloid plaques in those who do have Alzheimer's, but obviously not everybody who has them is going to develop Alzheimer's, even a pet, even if a PET scan could tell you have Alzheimer's, there is no treatment. Skip it. How about an X-ray CT scan or an MRI for lower back pain? Back pain? Ooh, is it common? 80% of people are going to have some back pain sometime in their lives. It can be excruciating and debilitating, and people want to know what's wrong. <laughs> Too bad. We can't tell you. We just can't tell you. They're older people. We do a scan of their back. Oh, God, it looks awful. They have no back pain at all. Oh, and then there are people who like are in excruciating pain. We don't see anything. We just don't see anything wrong. One study found that people who got an MRI during the first month of their back pain were eight times more likely to have surgery than those who didn't. And they didn't feel any better in the long run. Hmm. So if you are going to have something, put it off. Put it way, way, way off. Let's slow down in this rush to high-tech diagnosis. How about that yearly pap smear? Hmm. It's a common part of women's health checklist, but it doesn't need to be. Uh, at an average risk, every three years is fine. Cervical cancer takes 10 to 20 years to develop. If you have a negative test for HPV, you probably only need a pap test every five years. And after 65, so long as you've had some normal ones, it is fine to stop doing pap tests. Okay, we're getting some pretty outrageous things here. And they're going to get more outrageous. How about a bone density scan? No. Experts say that for women before the age of 65 and men before the age of 70, diagnosing osteopenia or even osteoporosis is a waste of time and money. Not only is the risk of fracture quite low, in people under these ages, but the medications are linked to throat and chest pain, difficulty swallowing, heart bone, muscle pain, bone loss in the jaw, and thigh bone fractures. And I tell you, I read the medical journals, and the thigh bone fractures in the women taking these drugs are awful fractures. We're not just talking about a clean break. We're talking about the bone breaking down its length into three or four pieces. I've seen the x-rays. They are startling. In fact, there's scant evidence that people get any benefit at all from taking drugs. And this is one of the things that I say to people. Most of the time, if there's a test, there's a drug that can treat you for what they find out on the test. If you're not going to take the drug, don't take the test. And if you don't know if you want to take the drug, don't take the test until you know more about the drug. How about an ultrasound for small ovarian cysts? Many women get ultrasounds over and over again to verify that ovarian cysts aren't becoming cancerous, but uh, turns out it's probably not necessary. Premenopausal women have harmless ovarian cysts 
all the time, and 20% of postmenopausal women also develop harmless cysts. The likelihood of these cysts becoming cancer is very, very low, says Deborah Levine, chair of the American College of Radiology Commission on Ultrasound and a professor of radiology at Harvard Medical School. In postmenopausal women, only cysts larger than one centimeter need a follow-up ultrasound. How about colonoscopy? Well, you should probably have a colonoscopy when you're 50 and then like... At least another one at 60, but by the age of 75, you can stop. That should be good news because colonoscopy can cause serious complications in older people. Just the preparation for it is very, very harsh. So this is my problem with it. Right? They are trying to <clears throat> work this out because we're not the only people here. Uh, the choosing wisely and the, the Susan Weed saying, yo, you're killing people with the preparation. The test itself is fine, but preparation is awful. <clears throat> and some patients become incontinent or experience weeks of pain, diarrhea, and constipation because of a colonoscopy. And the colonoscopy can perforate the colon, leaving you with a bag. The substantial numbers of people over 75, even those over 85, are still killing colonoscopies. Choosing wisely says, stop, 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 stop. And here's the last one, the 10th one. They have definitely saved the best for last. Skip that yearly physical. There is little evidence that having an annual checkup will keep you healthy. The tests that doctors regularly perform, diagnosing anemia, liver disease, urinary tract infections... <laughs> They don't need to do that unless there's a reason. A healthy 52-year-old does not need to see a doctor every year, right? And probably not for healthy other ages as well. So, my goodness, isn't that startling? Oh, it is, and I'm with you because I know people working in the natural food store that I work with, um, and again, not everything is perfect. They have some of the supplements and some things that, you know, I don't know what they are. But 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 they also have a very natural side too. There's herbs and a, and a nice local herbalist puts things together and teas and infusions. They they do you know every side of it. But some people walk in there both mentally not ready to heal for one. They're always stressed out, and some of them are rich, and they're just like stressed out. Oh, that won't work. Oh no, and I and somebody thinks, and, and now I have an allergy to this, and I'm like, I, and I'm thinking, I just think you've seen too many doctors. You're just like, you, 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 they're hypochondriacs, and their mind isn't isn't right to heal, in my opinion. And I think some of that is because of this. Go visit the doctor and all these crazy tests, and these folks in this county have the money to do all that. Luckily, around here, there's another trend happening: is that some of the doctors are recommending natural things. They'll say, oh, how about try some nettle? They will around here um, because they want their clients to live. <laughs> you know? And they'll, they'll actually recommend, like, very natural stuff, alkalize the body, try an herb, try this. So there is kind of a trend I'm noticing. Uh, but it, it is crazy how much people will believe anything that the guy with the coat and the stethoscope will, will, will say and you're like, really, that drug? I, I, there was one drug the lady came in with, and I, I, I looked up the side effects online. One of them was could possibly reduce reduce height. <laughs> How powerful does something have to be to make you shorter? 
Oh my goodness. That means bone loss is the only way to make you sure. <laughs> but you're nervous to try an herb? <laughs> but you're gonna accept this? Yeah, I I don't know. It's, it it does make you crazy if you if you if you start letting it get to you, you know. <laughs> Yes, absolutely, if you let it get to you. Um, so we don't have to. We can take charge of our own health. That's what I'm going to be doing with um, anybody who's registered for my class up at Rowe, R-O-W-E, Rowe Camp and Conference Center this weekend. There's also a little checklist about the things that you're most concerned about. I'm concerned about my memory I'm concerned about my sexual life. I'm concerned about cancer. I'm concerned about my bone mass. I'm concerned about blood pressure, cholesterol. I'm concerned about my joints. So we're going to be looking at all of these things over the weekend. And just as you say, finding those best ways to live well longer so that we get that much more enjoyment from our life. More Magazine, and you know that I love More Magazine. And the October issue has a great article called Are Household Chemicals Making You Sick? And I'm not going to go over the whole article, although I recommend that you grab an issue if you possibly can or find it online, M-O-R-E Magazine. And read this article about household chemicals making you sick. They say that about... Um, 95% of Americans still have BPH in their urine. That's a huge number. And I thought to myself, how could it be? Where is this coming from? And where it's coming from is microwaving food in plastic containers, using pans with Teflon on them, um, putting hot food in plastic containers, um, using a lot of food in cans that have BPA in them, um, wearing clothing that has flame retardants in it, making coffee in a plastic coffee maker, using plastic film or buying food wrapped in plastic film, lots and lots of stuff. But what really caught my eye was a sidebar called does this explain obesity? And it starts by saying what we all know, which is that obesity and type 2 diabetes are skyrocketing. All right, maybe we overeat, maybe we sit around too much. But listen, these two things have grown in lockstep with the growth of chemicals in the environment and our food over the past 40 years. And there are experts who believe it's not just a coincidence. In a 2006 study, Bruce Bloomberg, Ph.D., a developmental biologist at the University of California in Irvine, fed pregnant rice tributylin, a chemical used in some paints in baby diapers and in plastics. When the offspring of these mice grew up, they were 16% fatter than their normal brethren, even though they were not eating more or moving less. A 2012 Danish study found that women who were exposed in the womb to a common stain repellent known as PFOA perfluorooctanoate 
were three times as likely to be overweight and have large waists when they were young adults. In fact, 30 obesogens, chemicals that prompt the body to store fat, have been identified. Prenatal and newborn doses cause the most damage. Early exposure permanently alters the system's controlling weight and glucose levels, making it easier to gain and easier to become diabetic later in life, says Gerald Heindel, Ph.D., Program Administrator with the National Institute of Environmental Health Sciences. Adults, however, who are exposed to these chemicals are also at risk for obesity. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. That's not only is that incredible, but it's being harder and harder for me to stay 20 years ahead of the science. I've only been telling people for 15 years that taking prenatal vitamins will cause obesity in in their children and their grandchildren. Science is moving at an ever faster pace and catching up with me faster and faster. <laughs> so you do not <laughs> recommend prenatal vitamins then at all. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. It is always a delight to spend time with you. And um, I look forward to our time next week. Thanks for making it easy for people to click through to my books. And um, stay tuned with the, uh, at my website within the next uh, couple of weeks. We'll be posting the schedule for 2016. Lots of fun things happening. I'm going to be at oh, three or four different herbal conferences. I'm going to be in Italy. I'm going to be in Australia. So wow. um, keep keep your eyes peeled for that. And you and I will have to go over our schedule uh, because I won't be able to do shows from either Australia, which is a year from now. It'll be next November, so don't worry about that now. Um, or Italy, which is going to be in March. So it's rolling up on us on the other end of winter. Yeah, it's okay. Let's enjoy the winter first, though, before we think about the other. Let's enjoy the winter first. I'm all for that. I'll talk to you next week, then. All right. And thank you so much, Susan. And like I said, I'm working. I'm educating myself on some digital marketing and seeing what we Hooray. can do. Green blessings, everybody. Remember, herbal medicine is the medicine of the people, by the people, and for the people. It's the medicine that's your birthright. Good night. All right. Good night. And thank you so much. And it was such a great conversation. I really enjoyed this one about how some of the plastics and chemicals affect us as well. So it was, it was really good stuff. And everybody, you've been listening to Green Magic, Green Medicine with Susan Weed. We'll be back next week at 10 p.m. Eastern time, as we most of the time are. Have a great evening. You've been listening to a show on the Main Street Universe Radio Network, a show and network reminding you the mysteries and possibilities of the universe are closer to Main Street than you may have ever imagined. Have a great rest of your Tuesday evening until it turns to Wednesday at midnight. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network.
Blessed are we in the awakening night. Blessed. 